0: Welcome to the Literary Hype! Hello, welcome to this episode of the Literary Hype. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brandy and today we're going to be talking about books that inspire. So I have four books for myself that have inspired me and so hopefully this will get you thinking about some of the things that you've read that have inspired you as well. The first book that I found that really, really touched me um, is actually a recent read for me. It's The Last Arrow by Erwin McManus. And it was important to me to read this after hearing one of his sermons and how he described living this life of surrender for one and A life that was completely without borders. And so it drew me to the book. But um, one aspect of the book, after reading it, that really, really just kind of encapsulated the whole experience of it was a quote that he uses. And it says, God does not force us into the more. Sometimes he doesn't even invite us, he merely asks. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he waits to hear what voice will emerge out of the crowd to say, here I am, I'll go. And that for me was just the icing on the cake. It really caused me to reflect on my own life and how many times God had asked me to go to step into something that was really scary, that honestly would make you Want to throw up, you know? And so his call to really step into that, live a life that was without borders. And what I mean by that is a life that is open to the possibility of what could be, you know, big, scary prayers, big, scary faith that you trust God to the point where you know that wherever He leads you, as long as He's there you're okay. And so I never really looked at life quite like that before. And um, after reading it, it just really put a lot of things into perspective, uh, the idea of eternity, the idea of how short this life is. And even death, you know, we spend so much time trying to avoid death, we um, watch what we eat, we, you know, and not saying that's a bad thing, watch what we eat. But at the end of the day, we all die. And so it's not saying you don't take care of your body, and you don't make good decisions. But you really have to live with a mindset on eternity. And how that matters to you more so than the things of this world, more so than your family, more so than your possessions. But, and it causes you, I really do believe it causes you to live, a life, an expansive life, a life that includes more than just yourself, more than just the people you like to be around, more than just your your wife or your husband or your kids, or just that immediate family, it causes you to expand yourself and stretch to the point where it is really uncomfortable. And so if you have not read The Last Arrow, there's so many good, um, Aspects to that book that is so hard to just summarize in a podcast. Really, um, another part that uh, Earl McManus talks about that really, really just brings home his idea of you know, shoot your shot, live live the best you can under God's supervision and it's when he talks about going to the World Cup and how he was given this opportunity to go to the World Cup very last minute trip how was he going to organize it how is he gonna get visas and hotels and all this stuff and he said yes anyway before he had those things in order he said yes to the invitation. And I thought about how many times in my life have I gotten opportunities and I could not figure out a plan forward. And it looks like it was just this giant brick wall standing in front of me that I could not overcome. And so instead of trying to just step into it and and trust God that everything will be okay, I would say no. I would let fear overtake me. And, you know, the Bible says God does not give us a spirit of fear. Um, And so... But I lived a life like that. I lived a life bogged down by fear, by anxiety, the what ifs, the what ifs, living in this kind of storm, this tornado, this winding uh, wind of, you know, scarcity. Never not enough, right? There's never not enough time. There's not enough resources. There's not enough um, intelligence there's not enough of anything and I can't possibly step into the more that God has for me because I'm ill-equipped I'm not good enough you know we all have that I feel in some aspect of our lives whether it's being a good parent whether it's being a good student whether it's being a good employee or even having enough money financially it's there's never not enough to step into something. And so we end up allowing time to pass. We look up and we're 30, we're 40, we're 50, we're near, you know, 80. And we look back on our lives and how many opportunities have we let pass us by out of fear of what? Fear of death, fear of failure. And, but God doesn't call us up call us to fear. He calls us to stand victorious because Jesus was victorious. And so the last arrow, highly recommended. If you're looking for theology in this, you know, kind of concrete um, step-by-step move through the Bible, this probably isn't the book for you. This is a book that I feel like if you're a believer, you can read. If you're not a a believer in Jesus, you can read and be inspired. But for the believer, I think it really, really hits you, hits you in the gut to say, what are you doing? Wake up. You need to do better. You can live a life Pleasing to God, not about fame or fortune, but a life that is expansive, that touches people far beyond your reach that you could have never imagined, you know, that your life can be so transformed by God's grace and his love, that you live a life that has no borders, that has no walls, that you can, if he says go, that you will go. So I really, really encourage you to grab a copy of The Last Arrow and really dig into that. So moving on to the next book. Uh, The next book at the end, it all it will all seem to connect for me, but and I'll bring it home. But the second book is Bonhoeffer uh, by Eric Metaxas, and this book is actually a biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German theologian. He was alive during the time of World War One and Two, and he lived a really, really courageous life. Um, I know his whole life is pretty much condensed in the biography by Eric Montaxis And Eric Metaxas does a really, really great job of giving this rich, I don't this richness to his life and really showing you who he was you kind of get this so this idea of like wow this guy was extraordinary but then you you think about it he was living a life like many of us you know he the only thing that was different was his profession you know he had opportunities that he could have said no to that or you know sh- shrank from out of fear but he chose to he chose to say yes even when it was difficult. And so his life, this biography just really, 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 really brought home, I think, more so um, some of the points that The Last Arrow makes, you know, who will go when God asks you? And Dietrich Bonhoeffer made some really tough decisions that I don't even know if I could have said yes to, but he did. So one of the parts of the the biography that really inspired me was that he was always willing to go. He was always willing to say yes to to adventure. And so there's a point where he comes to the United States from Germany and he decides him and a friend are going to take a road trip to Mexico and they just jump in this car. That a friend let them borrow and they drive it to Mexico. They have no hotel. They're camping along the way and they're having a great time. They make it to the Mexican border and they don't have the visa to get in. So then they're contacting everybody trying to get this visa and they're they're okay. You know, if they were nervous in that moment, I don't know. Maybe they were. But the idea that you would do this, that you would drive, and we're not talking about the cars we have today. We're talking about old school. They're on a whole road trip, and they started in New York. And so they're driving all the way to Mexico. And they're camping, they're having a good time and making meeting people along the way. DeJre Bonhoeffer love to have conversations about theology, about the Bible, about you know, people's different belief systems and you know love to debate and it's just it, his life, just looking at that, it's like, wow, how many of us would be willing or excited to debate? You know, a lot of us now, we don't want confrontation. We don't want conflict. We want everyone to agree. But Dietrich was the opposite of that. He was willing to have difficult conversations. He actually, it seemed like from the biography, thrived on it. And so that aspect of it was very inspiring. I was like, I would never have done that. Ever. I wouldn't do it now in the car we have now, but it is very it's very inspiring. You know how many of us would say yes to that. But one of his yeses was absolutely heart wrenching for me um, reading the biography. Uh, he's able to escape Nazi occupied Germany. His friends get him on a boat to the United States and a position um, at a seminary. And so he has all these things lined up. All he has to do is stay in the U.S. until the end of the war. And as soon as he gets on the ship, he talks about how conflicted he was and how he felt like he had made the wrong decision immediately. He makes it to the U.S. and he spends about a week. And he had decided after actually a couple days that he couldn't stay, that it wasn't... He he couldn't stay. And the biography doesn't immediately say the Holy Spirit, you know, but that's what I kept thinking. I kept thinking that torment that, you know, spiritual just war going on inside of him, inside of him. It reminded me of Jesus and how in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was agonizing over this decision of going, you know, submitting his life to God's will so that we could have eternal life. And it really reminded me of that. This just turmoil of what others thought is a great setup. You know, who wouldn't want, okay, you have a job set up. You have, you know, a home and everything set up for you. And you don't have to be near the war. You'll be fine. You'll be safe. But safe isn't always in God's will for us. And he knew this and he knew it deep down. And so after about a week, he turns back and gets on a boat to go back to Germany. Everyone thought he was crazy. Everyone knew that this would probably not end well. And it really it didn't physically it didn't end well for him. He was eventually um, executed uh, at a concentration camp, maybe a week or so before um the end of the war before Hitler um committed suicide but the legacy that he left the legacy that he left of his obedience to God's call in his life was so profound it just bridged the gap with how England felt about Germany it bridged the gap as far as like as as germans you know viewed the bible i feel that it really his life was poured out you know how how inspiring and scary at moments it could be to think that you have this life that you could have stayed safe but what good was the safety if god is not there if he's not in it you know and so he He created so much change, even one of the prisons he was held at before being sent to the concentration camp. He was so effective to the officers there, preaching the gospel, really being a man of after Christ, you know. And in the book, you see the shift from him just studying theology as a discipline to him becoming the sold out, surrendered follower of Jesus Christ and knowing that Jesus was his Lord and Savior. And it's so inspiring. And you read the book, hoping the end will change, knowing that this is a true story, hoping that somehow he will escape death and pop up in the year 2019, you know, to talk, but he's very human. And this really happened. And you find out in the end that he does, um, meet that the end you know and he went the way Eric in Texas sums it up and shows the dignity and character of Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the end just really is just so inspiring and so heart-wrenching at the same time but you know and you make you it makes you think could I be like that you know, with face with what he was faced with, with the decisions he made, could I really stand firm on my faith and just, you know, carry the dignity and integrity that uh, I think Christ wants us all to carry. Um, the next book, book three, is actually a fictional account, and it's Demon a Memoir by Tosca Lee. And this book may, on the surface, may not seem inspiring at all but i think it's inspiring because it's a depiction a fictional depiction of a, a life that you don't want to live um it talks the one of the main characters is clay and clay encounters this demon and this demon is telling him the story of creation and the fall of man and the fall of uh, lucifer and the angels And he's one of the fallen angels. And he comes to Clay and he's actually, in a way, giving him uh, this account. And Clay is not a believer in Christ. But all this, he gets sucked into this world. And the demon, you kind of, you don't know if... The demon has his best interests, and at some point it seems like he does. But then you think, well, there has to be something to this. But why it's inspiring is because Clay, he lives a life that juxtaposes both Earl McManus Call, as well as the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Clay wants safe. Clay wants normal. Clay looks after, wants all the things of this world, the big house. He wants um, to have a job he loves. He wants all these things that we kind of all seek after. But he's not happy. He's He blames everyone else for his decisions, his poor decisions. And He kind of, he's not a bad person, you know, but he doesn't get it. He doesn't get, you know, that this life is temporary. And spoiler alert, towards the end, you still don't know whether uh, Clay has accepted Jesus or accepted um, the story that the demon tells him. And... He finds out that he's dying and all this time he's wasted. Now he's scared. Now he's worried. Well, how much time do I have left? What am I going to do with the time I have left? But why does it always have to get to that point of death, get to the point of a cancer diagnosis or, um, you know, some illness or impending catastrophe that we really reflect on our lives and really think, well, what have I done with what God has given me? What what have I done with it? You know, and do you want to be that person? Do you want to 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 as Erwin McManus says, shoot your last arrow as something that wasn't even worth it? As something that God didn't even call you to do as something that was just so pointless and so meaningless that it really doesn't matter. But God calls us to greater things. And so with Clay's character in Demon and Memoir, you're really left trying to scream at him through the pages to wake up and get a clue about what are you doing? Dude, one, you're entertaining a demon, which is a no-no then you know here he is giving you opportunities to look up stuff and pointing you to things and you're still not getting it you're you you don't want to get it and so he ends up spiraling into this fear and just anxiety and just living this life of complete closure um cut off from you know everything alone and it's the complete opposite of what Jesus died for us for he gave us life a life that is abundant and we all tend to just walk by it casually or we see it as this um this not a gift you know it's not a gift and it totally is um he he's Just overcome by the fact that his wife left. The fact that you know he's not performing. um, He's not performing at his company as he should. He's just is a real. He's a really depressing person. But I think it really brings home uh, the last arrow and Bonhoeffer by Eric in Texas. I think it really shows a life what a life looks like that's poorly lived. Even on the surface, you think, hey, he has a great job. You know, um, many people envy that. But he's really dying. And not only outside, but inside. And he, it takes him a very long time to realize that. But what he does with that information um, isn't really helpful. You know, it's it's not... um, It's not going to do anything for his life. He kind of just sits in it and and stews in it and nothing really good comes from it. So the last book um, that is inspiring for me, it might not seem like a surprise, but it's the Bible. Um, I know it's kind of cliche to say that um, I am a Christian, my family, we are followers of Jesus Christ and the Bible is foundation for us um there was a time when I had all the the I was not a believer and I would say okay the bible's written by men it's false it's you know has contradictions in it it has errors in it but I never really took the time to actually read it and actually try to understand or come to you know um explore God you know and 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 seek him But after becoming a Christian and reading the Bible and delving into what God says about us as people, what, you know, what Jesus really, you know, who is Jesus? What did he really mean? And so the Bible, because it gets to the nitty gritty of the human heart, it shows our failings. It shows um, how a loving God chose to redeem us redeem us back to himself and Jesus the story of Jesus um, and who Jesus is is just you know his love for people his care for others his willing to serve you know a lot of times you know we volunteer. But we don't serve. You know, we don't serve our families. We don't serve at work. We're looking for how to get the best leverage to gain more um, status, more potential, more momentum to make more money, to have a better, um, better title or create a better, comfortable life for ourselves or our families. But what a service really looks like, a servant's heart, the willingness to lay down your own life for someone else, uh, that's Jesus. Jesus stood on the truth of his father and he showed us how we were to live, how we are to treat other people and how we are to view ourselves, which is very, very important. I feel that... um, unless you know who you are, you will never know how to treat anyone else. And knowing who you are, the identity starts with Christ. Outside of Christ, whether you you agree with this or not, outside of Christ, there is no identity. Outside of Christ, the identities that we put our, our you know, put our hope in, put our faith in, fail us. You know, whether it's, Um, Your job, whether it's where you live, whether it's your skin color, whether it's the amount of money in your bank account, all the things that we put our faith in outside of Christ mean nothing. And unless you understand who you are in Christ, an identity built on Christ, it will fail, it will falter, it will not stand up to the things of this life it just won't it will have no depth no breath to it so um the bible the bible is probably i would i would venture to say one of the most controversial books ever written um people don't agree with it some people will defend it to the death but it's worth opening and i guarantee if you seek to know god better with all of your heart it will not, it will not come back void. And um, the questions, there's so many questions that I think the more that I get answers for, the more questions arise. And the more I get to see God's heart and how he sees me as his daughter is just, you know, some days it's, you feel like you just don't do it justice. You know, the the thought of someone dying for your sins, dying for you so that you can have life is just is really unfathomable. You know, not oftentimes you have someone sacrificing their life for you, but it's, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. But the Bible is my fourth um, inspiring book for a lot of reasons, but Jesus is probably the main one because his life, his life, we should mimic um, as our own, you know. And so, even though the so I've told you about four books um, the first was The Last Arrow by Erwin McManus, the second was Bonhoeffer um, by Eric McTaxis, uh, the third was Demon a Memoir by Tosca Lee, and the last was. The Bible and though all these books seem on the surface different um, there's a connection there Um, you see how a life poured out a life surrendered to Christ can look like and it looks scary honestly it's it's your life is not your own and to be able to live that out tangibly I think is really shown in the life of Erwin McMahon and very much so in Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, and then when you look at um, Demon A Memoir, the character of Clay, you see what happens if you just continue to just flow through life, um, living a life of mediocrity, um, you know. The call it's you know, you want to call us out. Jesus is trying to call us out of mediocrity into a life lived without constraints of fear and anxiety and, you know, fear of failure. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring. And I think it's that aspect of Jesus' story. Jesus talks about how he didn't even have a place to lay his head, that him and his disciples walked and preached and lived life. Yet they didn't have the creature comforts that we all have, that that we will kill to hold on to. He didn't have that. And he still did the father's will. So, um, these are my four books. I hope this caused you to really think about your own list of inspiring books and share those with the people you love. Share those with the people around you, because reading reading the four books that I have is really life-changing books can change your life um you know reading I encourage you please you know reflect on those books that inspire you and share them with the people you love and the people you care about so that's all I have for this episode I hope you join me next time um, for the next episode of literary hype I'm Brandy and I will be having a conversation with you soon Thank you.